Welcome back to The Short Game. This is the show where we talk about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm your host, Reagan Kelly, and I am joined once again by all of my awesome co-hosts, Laura Nash. How have you been? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I, I've had a real busy time at work lately, but things have been uh, looking up this afternoon, and we're gliding into the Memorial Day weekend, uh, looking forward to a trip to Disney World. Ooh. Excuse me, land. You, you sound like a weatherman. Traffic on the nines is looking good. Now <laughs> hit it over to Wolfman. Um, oh, the weather's great also over here. <laughs> Thank you, Shane. Uh, how, how have you been? It's terrible. That's, that's my <laughs> twin good. brother and bro host, uh, Shane Kelly. And Nate Heininger, how are you doing, Nate? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. And uh, this week we have a bit of a different format for you. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of little games. Um, and so the theme of the episode today is spend five bucks on itch or itch.io or itch.io or itch.io, however you want to say the name of the place. Um, itch has become a pretty big deal to me and sort of to this show too, because it's a wonderful place for short games. Um, but it's pretty new on the scene. Yeah. The short, um, the short video game scene as it is, has not had a place that felt quite so much like a natural home as itch in the past. I mean, there's a lot of uh, difficulty getting into some of these bigger game stores. And so when this game store came around, I think I'm rambling, aren't I? <laughs> it's okay. I mean, itch feels like stumbling into like a cool art show that you you know, just went past a random door, opened it, and then suddenly you're in a an odd studio with 13 different artists you've never seen any of their work before, and half of it's weird, and some of it is extraordinary, and you don't know what's around the corner. Like, that's what itch feels like. It's going to a an odd kind of industrial warehouse, and you don't know what's around the corner. Yeah, it's like, uh, take the old, um, you know, game what like cataloging websites of like I don't know maybe like addicting games and all that from way back when but instead make the games that a lot of people spent maybe a lot of time on or a lot of care or a lot of effort or like really tried to do something new and they're from I mean most I saw was maybe twenty dollars but the vast majority of the games on this site are free or under five dollars so if you aren't familiar with itch it's Obviously, it's a website, but it kind of is Steam for everyone. It's a it's a website where literally anybody who makes video games or even not video games, if you make comics, if you make – they don't really have any particular restrictions about what sorts of uh, creators can post their work there. Uh, you can create an account, put up a page, and start selling your work for real money or giving it away for free. Um, and they have some incredibly – attractive it's an incredibly attractive deal for people to post their content there uh, mainly because they don't charge you anything to put it up they don't have any kind of gatekeeping policies like things like steam you know you have to lobby them to get your game on steam no anybody can put their game uh, or other work up on uh, itch.io and um, they have a really uh, content creator friendly way of handling uh, payments as well. They support a lot of different payment systems, so you can charge money with for through credit cards with something like Stripe. You can use PayPal. I think they do Bitcoin if you're a weirdo. They they have all sorts of options. Bitcoin if you're nasty. <laughs> I've got like a hundred thousand Doge coins somewhere. Can I spend that on something? <laughs> I didn't see Doge coins somehow. I wish yeah. I was making that up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've been, we, you've been outed at a, a cryptocurrency, uh, billionaire. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. 
someday, someday my Dogecoin will, uh, you'll, you'll be, la- I'll be laughing all the way to the, to, to the, the Dogecoin bank. <laughs> Well, uh, so if you are selling on Itch, one of the really nice things for creators is that you, as the creator, set the split for how much money uh, Itch.io takes out of every purchase. And you can set it as low as 0%. Uh, You can set it as a default that's similar to stores like Steam at 30%. Um, Or you can set it higher if for some reason you really want to give them a lot of money. But it's entirely up to the creator. And they can set the price on everything themselves. They um, uh, They can run their own sales. And uh, because it's so incredibly flexible, and I think for a few other really important reasons, it's become really, really popular with um, what I think of as sort of micro-indies, independent developers who are making things that are too small or short or uh, even just too unique to really kind of be a commercial product on a mainstream store like Steam. Although there are games that show up on Itch and Steam, you know, lots of games are now releasing in both places. Um, and Itch makes it easy to do one of the sort of humble store kind of things where you sell your game on Itch and you get a larger slice of the pie and still give folks a Steam key. So, Reagan, you're talking a lot about the kind of experience for someone who why why this place is becoming like a really thriving place for developers or people who are creating interesting content or creating any kind of content but why is it a compelling experience for someone who's wanting to try that content what what why is this better than finding it through just a google search or uh or whatever i think it's because you have you know it's almost like a roulette quality to itch there's a lot of silliness and a lot of weirdness and a lot of small indie type games that you never would have seen before. And the other really nice thing is since it's it's like reading a comic that is creator owned, there's a lot of upfront material that has lovingly been crafted. Instead of a generic Steam page where you get two screenshots and a plain description, the creators get to set the background, the pictures, they get to put their own trailers, they write their own copy. Gifts everywhere. <laughs> there are gifts all over the place. So you get to feel like, you know, I knew ahead of time and I got excited about more games than I could possibly have played for the show just because the creator pages told me so much about the feeling of a game. And I think that's something that can be really hard in a polished trailer on Steam. Yeah, it feels really personal. Like you, you feel like you're stumbling onto this person's personal website where they've they've put together. You know, they 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 get to choose their own fonts for the site. They get to everything about the Steam page it's is a lovingly MySpace. crafted. It is a little bit. It <laughs> is developer MySpace. And like the types of games you end up playing are not the types of games that you seek out generally. You know, like I didn't. I don't sit down at my computer and think, hmm, interesting narrative, eight bit puzzle robot game i might actually google that at some point but like i'm finding games that i'm not searching for normally and they're presented in the way the as you guys were saying is the way the developer wants them to and i just they get like an elevator pitch at me that they wouldn't have gotten that i would not be able to find just google searching or whatever and i'll also give the team at itch enormous credit for fostering this community because i mean they were working really really hard on adding features we'll talk about some of the things they've added recently that are really neat um but 
they've just done an also an amazing job of curating their front page. If you follow uh, Itchio's uh, Twitter account, they're constantly tweeting all the most interesting things that are being posted. They're really involved, not just from building a platform perspective, but from building a community and and doing their best to highlight what's most interesting. And so if you go to the Itchio front page, uh, the stuff that's on there changes all the time, and it's all gold. It's really interesting to look at what's showing up on the front page. Yeah, I, you know, I I think that's kind of the approach that I took going into this episode because I don't really, I didn't, I hadn't purchased anything on Itch before, uh, which is kind of weird because I know that all three of you guys have, um, and so this was my first time really using Itch. I had to create an account just to do this, and uh, I just picked a couple of things from the front page, and I had a great time, and so I think that's. Uh, it's a good exercise. I think it's just for, for, for this show for me was just to sort of pick a couple of things that I saw right on the front page that intrigued me, give them a try. And, um, I'm looking forward to talking about the games. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to hearing what games you guys found on, on itch. Me too. Before we move into talking about the specific games we tried, there is one thing that's sort of itch news that I wanted to mention. Um, and that's why itch.io has been in the mainstream gaming press recently. Um, they've rolled out a feature that I think is going to mean, um, a lot. I think it's going to really bring more attention to itch.io. Um, and that is that they've got a really good set of tools. Um, but they found a sort of a niche, uh, an itch niche where they can really <laughs> provide some, some huge uh, benefits. How'd you get to that before, before we did? That was good. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, so they, they've, uh, they've started a new program called itch refinery. And uh, basically, it's early access. It's something like Steam early access is. Uh, it's an option for uh, folks to post games and make them available to people to purchase while they're still sort of in beta or otherwise being worked on. But they're providing tools that a lot of the other programs don't. So, you know, you, if you want to put your early access game up on Steam, you still have to go through a process of getting it approved. And once it's being sold, it you can sell any number of copies of it. There's no restrictions and you still have to get updates approved and they go through a Steema update process. And it's, it's still uh, cumbersome in a, in the same way that posting games on something like steam always is. Um, the, uh, itch.io is pro- uh, providing a bunch of interesting kind of options, but one is that you can put up an early access game and cap the number of, of ver- versions of it you sell. So if you're selling a game like Overland is uh, coming out this way, uh, the, you don't necessarily want a hundred thousand jillion people playing the earliest possible build of your game. You want to limit that so that only the most interested people uh, are experiencing those early, possibly broken builds, and you have a manageable amount of people to receive feedback from. And more so if maybe you've got a server component, you don't want it to be destroyed while you're you know, in that early access. But also, uh, they're offering a lot of other interesting tools like uh, quick ways to instantly update and push out new builds and uh, ways to build a community around your game, that kind of thing. Really neat stuff. But I think you're going to see a lot of developers adopting this because it's a very developer-friendly tool for doing early access. It has a lot of really smart ideas. Are there any cool games that are going to be going through that process? Well, I did see one. I have not got into it yet, but I was considering it. It was called Earthfall, uh, which is a isometric exploration and survival game, which I I uh, I picked them very carefully, but I can definitely get down on some uh, get down on some survival games. Um, so I'm considering getting in on. I don't generally do a lot of early access either. Um, I've had good experiences, but I also 
I'm torn on it, um, but I'm considering jumping into this one and to see how, uh, as we've been saying, like it is on itch, and I would kind of like to see how they handle it. Uh, I'm really excited about Overland, which is a highly anticipated um, uh, indie sort of. Uh, uh, it's a kind of an isometric uh, action game that, in a way, kind of reminds me of a folksy XCOM. Like you're driving across a ruined country. You know, you're in the United States, but it's presumably some sort of post-apocalyptic thing, and you're on a road trip. And it's about making pit stops and gathering supplies and fighting off, I don't know, dogs. Um, but it has a really unique and really attractive art style that really kind of draws me in. Oh, another one that I'm really excited about is um, uh, Jenny LeClue, Detective Who, is doing uh, <laughs> uh, early access. Have you, have you guys seen that game? No, but I'm excited now. It's adorable. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a sort of side-scrolly de- uh, girl detective game where you're solving a mystery. I played it at um, uh, Day of the Devs a little while back, and it's super, super cute. I, I love the art, so I'm really looking forward to that one. And, and speaking of art, Manifold Garden um, is oh, by yes. a Chicago guy, and it is it is as if you are falling through um, Monument Valley, but it's all in sketch form. And it looks trippy as hell. The colors are insane. There's just extraordinarily complex structures. I have no idea what this gameplay is. It says exploration oh, puzzle I, game. I played it at uh, PlayStation Experience, and it's it really good. It's so cool. It's a, it's a puzzle game with uh, sort of gravity mechanics. Um, but it, it surprised, like I played through probably the first like three major puzzles, and it surprised me at absolutely every turn. I think that it's got a real chance to be like, um, you know, in the same neighborhood as as Portal or other first person puzzle games, it's a very good wow. per- first person puzzle game. Um, and the developer was super friendly. Just jump straight to Portal. Yeah, I know it's real good. Um, so all those are real big for what for an indie game. Those are high profile games, and they're choosing to do their their early access program through uh, through itch. But there's a ton of games available right now for very little money that are an amazing way to spend a little bit of time. And so that's what we all did uh, for this episode was each of us picked a couple of games on itch. We tried to keep our overall budget at $5. So that, that actually ruled out a few things, but not that much. Itch is full of cheap or free uh, games that are really interesting little, little, you know, ways to spend an afternoon or evening. Um, so we kind of thought we'd just go through and talk about what we played. Roll initiative. <laughs> <laughs> so I cheated and I used off world as my source, which is um, was a boing boing blog about little games. Say that three times fast. I know. I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> I barely could do it the first time. <laughs> um, but Offworld is was a pretty incredible resource, and I saw so many games there that I wanted to play on itch that the first thing I did was go back through my like shame file of games and look at what I hadn't played. A uh, couple that I was too cowardly to play. Oh, Kitty Horror Show, who does little horror games, has a one called Anatomy that's out, and she's done a bunch of other ones on Itch.io. Um, I wanted to sleep, so I didn't play any of her games, though I'm sure they're wonderful. And I also had a couple that I really was interested in that were Windows only, um, including one called Crotel in my theme of playing bird games. You play a slum um hotel runner who has to run around and like try to pick up all the trash and rodent droppings before you get condemned is your crow so i was like oh and you and you're a crow perfect and you're a crow (laughs) 
But uh, one of the games I was super excited about when I saw it, um, because I'd played Papers, Please, is a game called Animal Inspector. In a world where animals are, maybe there's too many of them, maybe they're just bad. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's there's some magazines at the front, but it's hard to understand. Um, they need animal inspectors. And you have a dog you love. And you want to keep this dog safe. So you become an agent. And your job is to fill out cards and you can check or reject all these animals. Um, you have really silly coworkers. Uh, Martha, who really gets really sad every time you reject a kitty. And then Alan, who rejects all the cats and all the animals, because Alan is the worst human being <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> but what makes this game incredible, besides the fact that it has a neon pink background, is that you have to write comments on every single card. Whether or not you're just supposed to reject everybody or accept everybody that round, you have to type notes so you'll have a form about like, you know, a picture of an ant farm and it's like useful, educational. And I wrote like, WTF, I hate ants. <laughs> Go. Like sometimes dogs, I'm like, has cute face or like, look at him. This cat has potential. Man, this does look like a much less depressing and more amusing papers, please. And I actually, I, I can't wait to give this a try. It looks so fun. Well, the best part is at the end, like, you forget as you're playing it, but at the end, they're going to show you all the cards and you can tweet any of them. I didn't want to tweet them ahead of time because I didn't want to spoil it in case you guys played. But um, honestly, like if your heart doesn't break a little bit when like someone's nature is goof, like I'm st- you don't have a heart. <laughs> yeah, I uh, so I loved Papers, Please. Um, I really, really got into that game. And I definitely see where there's a world for, like, that game was like, how good at process and procedure can you be? Uh, and how efficient can you be with, like, your your keystrokes and your swipes and stuff? Um, and I definitely see a market for those same skill sets, but not, like deciding life or death or if somebody gets in and out of your country or I mean, like if it's you implied let them, you're yeah. maybe life or death you're taking people's animals <laughs> away from them but well, like they have real no, pictures have, of animals i have real questions about this game because what's happening to these puppies and kitties are they sending them to a farm somewhere it's implied they go to cages i don't know oh, actually this no. is far worse oh, than no. papers please but, it's a farm <laughs> right where they can run around and they can have lots of friends but sometimes like the the animals bite people and it's all real pictures. Like they're not cartoon. For some reason, your dog is drawn, but all the other people's animals are real cats and dogs and snakes and ferrets. Okay. My original point of there, there being a market for a game uh, based on process and procedure. That's not disappointing. I stand by that. I retract that this might be the game that because <laughs> this sounds really sounds horrifying. <laughs> it is not sad. I mean, it's like, adorable. It sometimes you get reminded, but it's absolutely adorable, and it is really fun to judge animals and be like, "That dog is a stupid face." I think was a quote from the Offworld comments, and I felt the same way. It is fun to have a game that um, you just get to write whatever you want into it. It's like I remember um, I was I played. Uh, uh, I forget because there's like a million different versions of it, but I had a version of Oregon Trail that I played a lot of that you had like a journal that you could just like get it like you had your activity log that would go along the screen. That'd be like you like he has dysentery. He you broke a leg or whatever. And then you could just like type into the journal there. And at the end of the game, you could see 
like everything that you did and it would just be like shit 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 like you know (laughs) basically that was what i would write every time and it's fun to kind of go back and you could leave little notes for yourself uh you know in your journal and you don't see that in a whole lot of games I did get yelled at by my boss in this game because on the ant farm, I just wrote, what the fuck? And he was like, you can't make up words. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, or use dirty language. (laughs) So I got a strike. No. Then you had his dog killed. (laughs) That is exactly what I did. Well, I played uh, two games, and the first one I uh, wanted to totally recommend uh, is Ultra Hat Dimension. So interestingly enough, actually, Great both game. of the games that I played for this were Ludum Dare games. So this is a more polished version of a game that came out in Ludum Dare 32, and um, it's a puzzle game. Um, the reason that I decided to download it was exclusively based on the screenshots on itch.io. It looks so cute and also has a, a sort of a aesthetic that really appeals to me. So just to kind of briefly describe the look, uh, it is... It looks a lot like a Game Boy Color game in terms of the graphics. So it's, you know, 8-bit looking art. But the color scheme, the like color palette that it's choosing from is not one that you have seen in uh, in an 8-bit game. It's, uh, I would kind of describe it as like a sort of neon sort of... uh, Sherbert-y kind of color scheme. Lots of pinks and purples and greens and really cute uh, pixel art. Um, But it's a really nice, well-designed puzzle game. Uh, They polished their version that came out for for Ludum Dare into a $5 game that you can download and play for Windows. Uh, And it's it's really polished. It's got a lot of levels, which is why I haven't quite gotten to the bottom of it yet, but I've played a lot of them. And um, to kind of briefly describe the the mechanics in the scenario you are a girl who has been she's a hat designer and she's such a great hat designer that she's been transported to another world which is inhabited by oh what are they called um spluffs uh so b the hat designer has been taken to the planet of the spluffs uh to show off her latest hat creations but for some reason uh the Spluffs were so enthusiastic about her hats that they divided into four sort of teams based on which of the hats they like the best, and now they're at war with each other. And and so you have to traverse these levels and get past various Spluffs, but if you're... If you're, each spluff is wearing a hat, you have to be wearing the same hat as the spluff in order to walk next to it. Otherwise, it will punch you very hard, which throws you across the map. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, and they will also punch each other. So you can move the spluffs around sometimes. And if they're wearing the same hats, they get along. If they're wearing different hats, they punch each other. It's actually why I never wear hats, because I feel compelled to do the same thing when I'm mm-hmm. wearing a hat. It's just the butter battle wars all over again. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like whatever happens when I walk around in my fedora. I don't know why, but people just punch <laughs> me right in the face. I punched you when I saw you in a fedora. But milady, uh, listeners, Shane does not own a fedora. Oh lord. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, I totally recommend the game. It's a great little puzzle game. Um, it really does a great job of building on its own mechanics, teaching you little things as you go. And I really wish that this game would come out on mobile. I think it'd be a perfect mobile game, but it's probably one of those things that they just don't have the, the, uh, they'd probably need to work with somebody in a publisher or something to, to get a good port going, but it's a wonderful little game. Uh, it's five bucks. It's on windows uh, only, but it's on itch. You can download it, do that. It's really, great. I love the premise. Sounds fun. You had me at hats. <laughs> uh, so I also played kind of a pixel art game. Uh, 
a very, very simple but definitely very fun um, plat- uh, puzzle game called Robot Heist. Uh, I picked it for a couple reasons. Um, it also had a pretty good page. I love the name. Uh, part of it is just I like to, you know, rob- Robot Heist. It's right to the point. It's funny. It works. And also, it makes me think of that Futurama episode where they scream Robot House, which I think of every time. So I just thought of Robot Heist. It's perfect. Robot Heist. Exactly. I feel like you should have had that title in a game dev story round. Yeah. Robot Heist just seems like one I should have come up with. Well, that's what I mean. Like it's such it's it's such a good game title. It's just right to the point. Oh, and, this uh, is by uh, Anna Anthropy. She's pretty interesting. Um, she's got a lot of other interesting games on itch as well. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I just kind of was scrolling through. I was like, that looks fun and played it. Uh, it's a dollar, but also uh, I've noticed that um, on itch. They a lot of people will awful offer their games to be played in the browser. Um, so with this one, you could just play it right away. Uh, you could pay the dollar. You actually didn't have to to play it, though. Of course, we recommend that you do pay. And all their we didn't mention all of their games have the same thing as like Bandcamp and stuff for music. It's minimum what the uh, person sets, but you have the option to pay whatever you want for any game. Um, anyway, uh, it's a really really. Uh, basic in its design puzzle game where you start out as one robot and you're trying to rescue your other robot friend. Uh, it can move left to right. Like the, the, the puzzles are basically like a top-down grid. Uh, you start out as a blue robot who can move up and down, left and right, but can only move blocks up and down. So like the first puzzles are a lot of like maneuvering blocks to block lasers or maneuvering blocks onto buttons to hold open doors. Really straightforward, but you eventually uh, release your friend who can move up and down, left and right, but can move blocks left and right. And you hit space bar to switch between them. And it's a lot of like positioning one robot in an area and then switching over to the other robot to get them into a better area, moving blocks around to block different lasers or... Uh, open up different doors or like they, they kind of just keep adding more uh, implements as you and your two robots break into a bank and steal like a, I forget what it is in, in, in game, but it's just like a giant golden nugget that now, <laughs> now you and your two robots have to push this giant nugget. So blue can only do it up and down. You know, yellow can only do it left and right. You have to push it through all of the puzzles. So you're dealing with your two robots who have to get to the exit, and you're dealing with the prize. Uh, and you get all the way to the end, and, and you know, it, it's a pretty short game. I mean, 45 minutes at the most. Um, but it was fun. It was, it was the type of puzzles that don't take too long to beat. I mean, a lot of times you can just look at the map for, like, 30 seconds and kind of trace like, okay, I need to move these, this robot here, this robot here, but satisfying enough that I, I had a great time playing. I played all the way through it, just sat down and finished it. Uh, I definitely recommend it. It was very cute. Uh, there's little, they, there's little, uh, like cut scenes where the robots talk to each other. Um, oh, do they actually speak in words or do they just kind of chip? No, it's just text. It's, uh. and it's not really, it's cut scenes. Isn't exactly the right word, but the in between, uh, levels, you know, maps, there's little, text. That's really awesome. I've, I've been sort of keeping track of Anna Anthropy for a while because she, uh, I mean, she's had a number of sort of notable games like Dysphoria and, uh, um, uh, Redder, but one that she made that I really, really, really like, 
uh, is called Queers in Love at the End of the World, and it's a game that takes exactly 10 seconds to play because there's a timer. It's a uh, it's a it's a game about uh, two women who are in love having a conversation, and you have 10 seconds until the end of the world in order to tell your lover how much you, what they mean to you. And uh, the conversation can go in all sorts of ways. It's a twine game, I think. Um, but it having that time limit on it just makes the possibility space of it very really it's really interesting you can play it again and again and kind of try everything it's really really moving too i I thought i think she's really interesting yeah like this was i mean this was about as as simple as you can get like maybe a couple sentences between the robots in between each map but it was it was enough to like i kind of like these guys you know (laughs) and if you look at like the pictures of it i mean you it's like you know nes era um, colors and design, and but there's enough character there to make you kind of, kind of, you know, take it that one step deeper into a from just like a simple puzzle game. Good one, Nate. I actually am really interested in playing that now. I didn't realize when you first mentioned, like, I'd never heard of this one, but um, I am uh, I'm pretty into uh, Anna Anthropy's stuff. What I've played of it, so Cruise in Love at the End of the World is one of the. It made me like legit cry, like at one point. But it's also very funny. It's it's really well done. Yeah, it is. It is not heavy at all. <laughs> like you will not cry. Uh, but <laughs> I, I I did it like this game was simple in all the right ways. You know what I mean? So um, definitely give it a shot. You can play it right in the browser. I love that some games like this do that sort of like uh, it's a. It's a free game, but you have the option on almost all of these games to give money to the creator. Even if they want to give their work away for free, they can give you kind of a suggested donation. Yeah. Um, So I played, like I said, three different games, um, and they were at three wildly different price points, ranging from zero to about $4. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I I will start with the free one, because it was one that I think was one of the most fun. Um, And this was... Cuckoo Curling. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it is free and it is a great, it is a game that's great fun, um, solo or with two players. Um, do you ever watch the Olympics and see curling and be totally mystified by the rules? Yes. I've yes. only ever been mystified <laughs> because by Because we're rules. American. <laughs> right? So someone's um, job is to sweep. <laughs> the, I have a hard time reviewing this game as a curling simulator because. I have no idea what the rules to curling are, but in this game, you're trying to slide the rocks down the curling thing um, and avoid the cuckoo clock and knock your opponent's rocks into the mouth of a crocodile that is covered in stars. So So, curling. So (laughs) curling. Yeah. And um, it's the, it's a game that has a really nice 2d, well, nice 3d graphics with kind of a 2d, uh, look to them. Uh, a lot of really clever use of the animation. Really great looking game. Very cool color scheme. I loved it. Uh, it was very beautiful in, in terms of how it looks. And the curling gameplay was so spot on. I just really have no complaints about it. A++ will curl again. I, I, A++ would curl again and uh, would really like to cuddle with their cute alligator. I'm fascinated by this game. I, I, I love the art style uh, from what I'm looking at right here. Is this is this 3D? Oh, totally, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. It, a lot of love went into this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
got a pretty good soundtrack too. I wonder how. I mean, there's a lot of games out there that I ask this, but like, I wonder what um, inspiration you know led to this, like a game like this being made. Like, I don't think curling is accessible enough. So let's add alligators and stars and and stuff. The page seems to think I'm really going to be excited about a combo of Connect Four and curling. But that's okay. I'm just excited about the alligator. Yeah, <laughs> it's adorable. Well, thanks, Shane, because I did not see this one until you mentioned it, and I love the look, so I'm definitely going to give this a play. Oh, I should mention uh, that this one is available for OS X or Windows. The two, the one that I mentioned earlier uh, is a Win- Mac, or excuse me, Windows only. Um, we should probably mention what uh, platforms they're available for where relevant. Yeah, uh, I have no problem finding uh, Mac-compatible games on itch as I was kind of trying to browse and pick stuff straight from the front page. Um, and so this one run ran great, ran beautifully on my Mac. Um, not that it seems like it's putting a huge strain on my, uh, you know, racehorse of a graphics processor or anything, but it sure does look great. Awesome. And it was three dimensional. <laughs> beautiful. Fancy. So fancy. All right. Uh, for something completely different, I played a, kind of a renaissance visual novel called Masks and Murder. And um, it's, I played a bit of Long Live the Queen, which is a big spreadsheet. <laughs> I'm going to re-say that. I actually, no, I agree. <laughs> that game was a spreadsheet. Yeah. I kind of want to just keep it. It's a good Freudian slip, but I'm going to re-say it. So I played Long Live the Queen, which is a spreadsheet simulator, um, which is really unfair and mean. Um and almost impossible if you're not cheating. Oh man, this that game, game was is, ridiculous. Yeah, this game's a lot easier and shorter. Um, I also played it on easy mode, but the premise is that you um, are a Renaissance lady whose family's all gone off and gotten wealthy, and they come back, and you have you know loving dance parties, and you hang out with your brother and your dad, and you're having such a good time, and then they get straight up murdered. Mm, straight up. Yeah, just straight up um, in front of you. Like, they don't even try to hide it. He gets murdered in front of you. And so then you decide that you're going to become really super badass and make all of the three people who murdered your brother fall in love with you so you can murder them. (laughs) So it's a spreadsheet simulator where you periodically can read a poem you wrote immediately after the murder of your brother and father so that you feel more wrathful or apocalyptic, and then you're better at your studies. Ooh. So, you know, it's entirely made of public domain Renaissance paintings and Renaissance music. And um, sometimes the, you know, the prithies are a little weird, but gosh darn it, the bloodthirsty language is fantastic. Um, I, you also get to choose how you murder people um, based on the skills you have achieved. You can murder each person um, through one of the specialties that you use to woo him. Um, which is fantastic. Of course I chose to murder with hawking for one of my three kills because who wouldn't want to murder someone with a hawk? And it is gratuitously gory text, and (laughs) I was there for it. Um, I don't know what happens if you get the princess on your side because I only got to see her once because her friends would let me in because I wasn't cool enough. But um, it's really short. Um, I probably... Um, after, you know, a little time has passed, we'll try to play it on a harder mode. Um, because I think easy might be too easy. 
Um, I was, I had 50 days to woo everybody before they married me by force. And I think I murdered them all by day 40. Mm-hmm. So probably I'll up the challenge next time, but, um, a very fun little visual novel that I was not expecting. Wow. I did not see this one on, on itch when I was kind of browsing around or if I did, maybe I overlooked it, but, um, dang, that sounds, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it. It is exactly what it says on the tin. Look at the screenshots. You'll know if you're going to like it or not. Oh, man. Do you want to read this? You just put a screenshot in here of the of the hawk murder, and you're right. This uh, is amazing. Do yeah. you want to read that? Uh, yeah. So slight spoilers if you want a hawk murder. But um, the hawk murder phrase is, you unleash your bird, flinging at him with all your might. It shrieks towards him, talons gaping for his eyes, his cheeks, his nose, his vulnerable skin. He screams louder than any scream you have yet heard. Blood flying from his face as your bird shreds it to pieces. <laughs> Dang. Oh, Brutal. Oh my Brutal. God, it's so good. Yeah. Because, yeah, the whole time you're learning dancing, you're like, you learn how to dance the kavat. The blood of, like, your blood stirs in your veins, thinking about your dead brother, you shall avenge him. <laughs> rad. Yeah, it's super rad. You guys probably played cuter games. Well, the the game the other game that I played was also a little bit bloodthirsty, but in a bit of a different way. Um, so I I wanted to play a game by uh, Daniel Linnison. Um, I think I might have briefly mentioned him on the podcast before because he does a lot of interesting stuff. Almost all of it is uh, posted on itch.io. Um, and in particular, he made a game that I really, really liked called Roguelite, which is a sort of, and I didn't get very far in it because I'm garbage at roguelikes, but it's gorgeous. It's a sort of a pixel graphic roguelike that takes place in caves and is a lot of shooting, uh, lit arrows as a mechanic to light your path and be able to see your way around. Um, so I knew I wanted to play a game by him. And fortunately he had a game in this year's Ludum Dare, um, and it's also awesome uh, it's called Window Frame, and it's a game about killing vampires. Uh, so, of course, you have stakes. But the key mechanic is that this is a side-scrolling sort of puzzle platformer that takes place in a tiny window on your desktop. We're talking about a tiny window, about maybe, you know, I'm on a 17-inch uh, screen, and we're talking about maybe two inches tall. So a tiny window. and uh, But as you move... Uh, the uh, the world scrolls within around that window, so the the window of the game actually moves across your desktop. It's hard to explain without a, a visual, but fortunately, there's gifs all over the page. If you go to the page uh, for the game, uh, it does a great job of sort of illustrating how it works. And so, in the game that you're playing, the window uh, is a part of the level. So as you move around, uh, the uh, the walls of, of the of the window of the game. Um, can become objects. You can use your stakes that are also for killing vampires to stake the walls of the desktop window in place, which pins them. Um, and that that wall of the of the window stops scrolling when you move. And then you can jump across and use the the top, bottom, and edges of the window as platforms for jumping on. So all that That's explained, uh, you have to progress through these increasingly complex puzzle levels, uh, and occasionally there are boss fights where you have to kill vampires. The vampires uh, have take control of the window frame away from you and use it against you. So in the boss fight levels, uh, rather than you getting the special power of pinning the, the walls of the game window, uh, the boss will try to squish you by moving the walls or by dropping the ceiling or by uh, slowly shrinking the window as the, as the level progresses. So it does 
it's constantly playing with the idea that this game is taking place in a window on your Windows desktop, a window with a close button and everything, um, and makes that window that the game is taking place in part of the level. It's really clever. I don't know how you could expand this concept, really, but I liked playing it so much that I, I would love to see him try to expand this into a, into a more sort of fully developed game. Um, but as it is, it's just a collection of really clever ideas that you can play for no money. This is, it's free. You can download it and give it a try. And you absolutely should because it's, it's a really, truly new idea in puzzle platformers that I haven't seen before. Yeah, I, I love that concept. And I think that's, uh, that game is a really good example of what we've been kind of saying is one of the best parts about Itch is like, this is a perfect place for a game like that. A really awesome idea that's maybe not a full, complete game just yet, but still worth playing and worth trying out. Would you say that I would not enjoy the game if I have a really messy desktop? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> you'd probably enjoy it more. You know, it, it's something about seeing your, your crap on your desktop behind the game window and watching the game window kind of make its way across your screen. Um, mm -hmm. That was really satisfying. Unfortunately, this one also Windows only. There's no Mac version of it yet. Um, and also something to kind of explain about it that I thought was a bit confusing. Um, I played the game on Windows 10. And um, there are three downloads that you can choose. One called windowframe.exe recommended. One called windowframe.exe crazy mode. And one called windowframe.exe safe mode. Um, well, I played the recommended version on Windows 10, and after I got to about the fourth or fifth level, I ran into what seemed like probably a bug or really just something where Windows wasn't playing nice with the game. And rather than the game, uh, the game window moving around the screen, it started stretching and distorting in really hilarious ways. Um, so the safe mode uh, puts the game window inside of a larger window to avoid that sort of situation. So if you have any problems playing the game, start with the recommended version, but the safe mode version kind of gets rid of the desktop behind the game and puts everything in a box and it'll, it'll work more reliably if you're having trouble. So for the other game I decided to play, I went a little bit outside of the genres that I normally play. I know you guys are big fans of them, but I just have not played a lot. I chose a point-and-click adventure game, which seemed to be Ooh. pretty uh, prevalent on itch. A uh, lot of point-and-click adventure games. And the reason I chose this game is because it looked like its tone and kind of language of the game would be hilarious and very satisfying. And fortunately, it I was correct. It was. It's a game called uh, <laughs> Grimmspiel. <laughs> Don't mean to bury the lead there. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it's a game called Grimsfield. Uh, you can get it. It was three ninety nine. You can get it on Windows or Mac. Uh, it the whole thing. I'm actually going to read uh, like they're just kind of little description because um, I think it gives you an idea of kind of the tone of the game. Uh, it says, Grimsfield takes the form of a Kafka-esque short adventure game set across a number of mini dioramas. You, dear game player, can expect the following. Enter a world of rules and bureaucracy, where even the rules have rules. Navigate this experience as a layabout poet whose only concern is their own ego. Visit over one type of office in your quest to overcome legislation. Talk to lots of irritating and occasionally amusing characters. Uh, then multiple multiple endings is crossed out it says one definitive in, in one definitive ending and then it says 
network like a pro, uh, which is also crossed out. So uh, the whole game is, like I said, it's set in little mini dioramas. Like it, it was made in Unity, so there's a little bit of horsepower behind it, but it's all little cubes set across a total black background, and it might be like your apartment where you're looking down on it, I guess like the isometric view, but so you see like the floor and the back two walls and the front two walls uh, are you know are, are um, cut out, so you're seeing like down and into the room. Um, or it might be in a town where you're like looking down and on the room and you can spin the town around to see doors on different sides of the building and go into different rooms and things like that. You play as a wannabe poet who uh, you kind of start out in the morning and you're one of the main characters is a character named Mr. Brain. It's your brain. It's who you talk to a lot. And you remember that this evening you are supposed to read a poem at the local kind of jazz poem club. And so you go down to remind the uh, owner that you're on the bill for the open mic tonight. And then the owner reminds you that you need a permit for poem reading. You need a specially licensed hat, a beret, to signify <laughs> that you are a poet. But the beret factory has been shut down because they were not up to code and did not meet re uh, recent legislation. Uh, it is required that a poet be holding at least one drink, but they must have the drinker's permit. Uh, and if they don't have the drinker's permit, then they are not able to be a registered poet. And the whole game kind of plays like that, is you are uh, fighting against a wall of bureaucracy just to be a poet. Uh, and the game is really, really funny. It's really, really, you know, um, dark in that kind of like everything is just obstructed by government kind of way. It's just kind of going around this town, achieving these uh Point and click adventure quests, you know, go find this thing, go do that thing, go talk to this guy, but just constantly running against bureaucracy. And uh, it's fun. I, I, I've been really enjoying it. I mean, I love any game that's like Brazil. Yes. Not the country, the movie. Just, <laughs> I mean, the country might be like that. I, there's things going down there, but <laughs> the movie specifically. Yep. Nice save. <laughs> like, well, this game looks awesome, I, and I definitely want to check it out. Um, yeah. Uh, so do you guys want my heartfelt game or my, uh, gamey game? Let's end on heartfelt game. So do end gamey on the heartfelt. game. So the gamey game, uh, so this is a game that's called Mineral. At least that's, I'm guessing how it's pronounced. M-I-N-I-R-L. Um, I was halfway between that and Min-I-R-L, but, uh, Mineral is a game about, collecting uh, gems and moving from level to level in basically a roguelike. Um, and I picked this game out just because I like the art style and uh, I know I love roguelikes. Um, and they put the kind of, uh, they have a really good explanation of all the mechanics of the game right up front on the page and it sounded pretty interesting. Um, what I didn't know going into this game is that these kind of uh, very simple mechanics of just sort of gathering gems to level up and, and fighting things, and everybody has a number on them. The the look of this game, by the way, extremely reminiscent of threes, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting. Every character, you and all the enemies, are look like tiles that slide around. 
But what I found as I got into the game a little bit more uh, was that although the game was fun, um, I have never had this experience in a roguelike before. I made it all the way through to the end and beat the game um, in the first try, which has never ever happened to me. no death? I had no deaths in this game. Uh, So I don't know what happens when you die because I didn't die one time. Um, How do you know it's a roguelike? Because it says so um, on the page. But basically, uh, yeah, it's a procedurally generated 2D roguelike with puzzle elements. This really sounds Uh, like it's exactly my kind of roguelike. It it may be. It may be the the great. It's it's like my first roguelike, maybe. Uh, What I found about the game, though, is is this love all these lovingly explained mechanics. Like you've got a health level and and a, a, a level number that increases as you go up and you can use shields and bombs and and you know your speed can vary and you can revive um all of those mechanics at, i can tell you are optional to interact with uh huh. because if you simply avoid all the enemies uh and get the key and go to the next level um all the all the enemies are so easy to dodge that there's there's pretty much nothing standing in your way That's so a pacifist roguelike uh, I, I, I didn't play it. I did manage to kill a few things just to see what would happen. So I didn't play it com- completely peaceful. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a, it, I think I killed some things by accident, especially later sure in the game. Are you sure this is Undertale? <laughs> I don't know, man. I guess it could be. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I found the game pretty puzzling just because by the time I had made it to the end, I was like, wait, was that it? Hmm. Um, then again, 99 cents. So yes, absolutely. It was, it was a 99 cent game and I did have fun. Uh, I, it was, it played very smoothly and it was very attractive. And I feel like maybe if I were to go back through and try and go for a high score or something, I'd, I'd interact with a lot more of this stuff. I don't think I ever used a shield or a bomb or a revive for that matter. Uh, so if I were to go back through and really try and dig into that stuff, uh, then maybe it would open up the game a lot more for, for me. But as it was, um, I I just sort of cruised right through and uh, had myself a good old, like, 45 minutes. Hmm. Neat. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like the art. It's uh, it, You're right. It definitely reminds me a little bit of Threes, but in a way that it's, like, definitely also not at all like Threes. It's not a not an abstract puzzle. It's uh, It's like the Threes tile go on adventures. Like Pac-Man 2. <laughs> Precisely like Pac-Man it's, 2 This is the plot of the Threes tie-in movie <laughs> <laughs> If only we were getting that instead of Angry Birds the movie Would have been an enormous uh, Do they sell Threes plushies? I feel they like they Oh, I have easy. one and it's wonderful okay. Yes, they do And it's soft and fleecy You should buy one It's basic, The best thing about the Threes plushie Is it's basically a throw pillow That is nice So my last game is uh, called Subterranean or subterrarium, excuse me. And it's a puzzle game, and you play a girl with a shovel who gets coins from digging up soil, and then she uses them to buy soda from vending machines, and then she uses <laughs> the soda to either function as a jetpack or to water plants, which sometimes are bombs and sometimes are leaves and sometimes are mushrooms. It's a little puzzle game about digging. And the main thing is that you you dig up your little cubes... And then um, you could, you're trying to get to the top of the level, um, and you could either cause a cave-in where everything falls on you. And that happened a lot, because I am dumb at spatial reasoning. 
it is a very conventional game in some ways. I've played games where you dig um, and that's the principal mechanic and things can fall on you. I, I have a game on iOS right now called Captain Cowboy, which I like a lot that has that mechanic. This one, though, um, has just enough quirk and enough character that it kept me going. And the puzzles got hard pretty fast or I'm just really bad at them. Um, I, I think at the beginning, um, there's a lot of times where you're going to get through the game and um, honestly be surprised at the outcome. And I know that that happened a few times when I was playing a scapegoat to another platformer where sometimes I would be halfway through and be surprised um, that I found a different solution than I thought I would at the beginning of the level. Um, I wasn't expecting to have that happen in this game and it did. And I was delighted. I, I'm always in the market for a puzzle platformer, so this one looks like a looks like a neat one. Yeah, I, pl- I only played the challenge mode. Um, I did not get to adventure mode, so I'm looking forward to find out what that is. That is a mark of a really good puzzle game to me when you are surprised by your own solutions. I love that in a good puzzle game. And it was it doesn't happen that often because often you figure out the trick, and mm-hmm. it's just execution. This is one where you figure out part of the trick and then you have to figure out the next half of the trick. And I love those kind of um, games that ladder up in difficulty or that just ladder up in the level. A very nice surprise. Well, the last game I've got to to bring up is definitely my favorite of the three that I played. Uh, it's called Leave Oma. Uh, it's by a man named Florian Viltman. And the thing that drew me into this game initially when I first saw it was just purely the beautiful color scheme. Um, the The first thing you'll see on the, the page about the game, which is also the first thing you'll see in the game, um, is a boy and his grandmother uh, getting out of an old station wagon and walking into the forest together. And this forest, the art style for the game, uh, is beautifully... Um, sort of salmon and amber tinted uh, autumn forest uh, that's drawn in a way that I feel like is um, really precise, but also really painterly. It's a very beautiful game. And like a lot of the games that we've played on this show, where the process of playing the game, it's, it's a, it's a game about, two characters talking to each other as they walk through the forest. Um, and this game in particular is just a, a, a simple little slice of life uh, of a young boy walking through the woods with his grandmother, and together they're collecting uh, penny bun mushrooms uh, that they're going to cook for dinner. Um, and it's a, a real situation uh, that uh, this, uh, this developer has, has had with his grandmother um, and it's just a, a game about how special this woman is to him and the, the, the space that she gives him to, to be himself as a young man. And, uh, I don't want to spoil anything about the game, uh, just because the whole experience of the game is understanding and, and growing to understand what this woman means to him. Um, but it was just in that really, really beautiful, um, well-written, uh, and uh, the 
art of the game supports the the emotion and the feeling perfectly. So I, I can't help but recommend this game 100%. That sounds just lovely. It really does, and it, it really looks beautiful, too. Uh, how long did it take you to play? How long is the game? <laughs> all of our voices are so soft now. Yeah. We just, we all got lulled. It was like you just told us a lovely bedtime story, like in the w- most yeah. wonderful way. It's quite short. Um, it's something you can finish in one one session, no question about it. Um, it's a game that uh, has... Uh, it's, it's not, it's not extreme. It's got, it's got content to it. Uh, there's, there's a couple of different environments you see, you see that these two characters really are the only characters, but that doesn't mean that, uh, nothing happens in the game. Um, and just without spoiling anything, um, you know, it, it, it's a game that involves the passage of time, uh, and understanding how things go. Um, uh, it, the it's, uh, it's not, uh, a game that's explicitly about oh shit she drops dead at the end of the forest trail and and it's like what do I do without my grandma? Um, it's a mo- it's about a moment in time that these two people share, um, and uh, so it's it's a very sweet game and I recommend it to anybody. That's fantastic. And if you want to play any of these games, um, I am going to have many links in the show notes. I'll also have a link to a collection on Itch uh, where you can see every game that we've mentioned. One of the nice things about Itch is that any user can create collections that gather them together into a page that you can share. And so I'll have a link to a collection with all of the games that we've uh, mentioned on this episode, as well as uh, any other games that we wish we had played or otherwise recommend uh, from uh, from Itch. Um, for example, we don't have time to talk about it really, but I absolutely love and adore uh, the game Hot Date. Hot Date is on itch. You should play Hot Date. It's it's stellar. It's a speed dating with a pug who exactly. is sassy. <laughs> yes, speed dating dogs. Exactly what I want. And um, anybody else have any other games that you want to uh, just briefly name drop while we're uh, before we wrap up? I, I will say that uh, Rabid Bison 2, which apparently is like a some kind of shopkeeping game where the bison, I've heard a lot of, well, a lot. I heard two people tell me that, that I, I should play it who had been on itch. And then uh, TikTok Isle, where you play a clock repairman, seemed adorable. Uh, I cannot recommend uh, ASMR Vin Diesel DMing a game of D&D just for you enough. It is one of the greatest video game experiences of all time, and it is available on itch. And it is why I am considered a clout expert in Vin Diesel. (laughs) Nice. Uh, We did an episode a while back on uh, the collection Eczema Angel Orifice by Porpentine. Almost all of her work is up on itch, as well as a newer piece that she put out a little while back, which was her first work in 3D called Bellular Hexatosis, which is also great. So yeah, there's a zillion amazing games on itch. We'll have a few links in the show notes uh, and uh, definitely go explore. The wonderful thing about itch is that they make it really fun and easy to explore and find new games that you would never see elsewhere. So totally uh, worth checking out. And if you have a favorite game on itch, we want to hear about it because we love exploring those. So if you want to drop us a line, you can go to our website. That's www.theshortgame.net where we've got a contact form or you can write us at info at theshortgame.net or drop us a line on Twitter at underscore shortgame and let us know what games on itch you love the best and what we should be trying. Um, 
I am Reagan, your host, and you can find me on the Twitter machine at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. And where can people find you, Laura? You can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. And Shane, where can people find you? Over on Twitter at 8BitShane. And Nate, where can people find you? Additionally, on Twitter at NateSTL. And thanks so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game.